What is up and good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this morning's The Weekly Rise and Shred with myself, Josh Pitts, and the ever-entertaining and always insightful Jacob Gaffney. Morning, sir. What's up, Jacob? How are you, brother? How's it going, man? What's it like over in your part of the planet? Dude, it's cold. It's free. It's frigid here in Utah, but uh, we need snow. I'll be honest. It's The lack of snow gets me nervous. We don't have a last year was a big drive in Utah. I don't have a lot of snow. We were hoping for snow this weekend, but it never came. So I'm a little bit nervous. What about you? How about your how about your state? Well, it's it, it snowed here in Dallas, Fort Worth. We got about an inch, a solid, really? solid inch of snow. Uh yeah, wow. very rare. Uh, you know, that was about that was about two weeks ago. Not huh. something you see, but not not really the snow apocalypse that New York experienced some years back that closed everything down for months and months and months, which is why it's, I think it's wild that you would actually want snow, because from an economic perspective, snow is one of those things that just tends to shut things. Maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need a break. Is that what you're saying? You need a break. You need to get out on the slopes and you need to chill no. for a like here in Utah, we want snow because if we don't get snow, we get no water. Like that's, we want snow because it, it, our reservoirs, like just because living in the high desert that we are, if we don't have snowpack in the mountains, we can expect a really, really drought, like a really bad year. And already last year, we, we suffered a really, really bad drought. We didn't have good snow in 2019, 2020. So we're, we are all hoping for snow. And to be honest, man, it is just not come yet. So we're crossing our fingers. We're hoping for a better year, but so far it just has not uh has not come but well, we got bigger and better things to talk about than that yeah. today yeah it's 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 huge the market is is huge it's crazy uh it's it's uncertain um there's a lot going on and uh and let's start with what we uh what we decided to title this show i'll let yes. you, you tell us what what, we, what what was our decision there uh, a trillion dollar market because right now, like we have a lot of money. There's, I mean, it rise and shred. It seems like daily we're talking about another company raising capital or going public or doing this or that. There's a lot of money within our industry. And as I titled it, the money is flowing like the salmon of Capistrano because uh, if you get the reference, you know where I'm coming from here. But it, it is. And, but at the same time, Jacob, like it's kind of getting messy in our perspective. It, it's kind of, to me, it's almost a little unstable, but I, you've been doing this a lot longer than I have. You've seen a lot more than I have. So what are your thoughts on this? You know, messy is a good word. Messy is a good word. And let's let's pause for a second and let's talk about messy. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, right now, let, let's go straight to the headlines. Okay. okay. We, we, have, we have a Texas realtor went up to participate in the Capitol riots. She, she says her business ruined. The FBI is charging her. Um, she says the president told her to do this. She thinks she's going to get a pardon. She's not going to get it, right? No My way. point of bringing this up, my point of bringing this up is like this kind of business behavior. I wish we could say that she was like alone in what she was doing, but there is a lot of bad business behavior. People are getting messy right now. They're doing things that are crazy. And I th think it's just part of the transition. We have a new administration coming in. We can talk about that in a second. But I want to talk about what's even messier is the CEO of a major bank dropping <sighs> S-bombs in investor calls because he's so scared. And he says everyone else needs to be scared about all the crazy money that's going into fintechs right now. Yeah, so for you, sure. So you want to talk about the IPOs. I mean, we need to look at the Series Bs, the Series Gs, everything that's going in. There's crazy money going to fintechs, and they are looking to disrupt our business. They are looking to get in there and mess up with the banks, and it's got them scared. And during that transition, it's going to just be a, a huge money grab, and it's just going to be messy. It's going to be messy, messy, messy. 
How soon is it going to be messy? Like, real quick, like, can we expect, again, this week, we're getting a new president in office. There's, again, with all these series A's, FG's, all this money coming in, how soon are, like, is it going to get messy real quick? Do we have time? Like, what what's timeline-wise when we say messy? All right. So, okay. So let's put it in, in the context of yeah. what's really something we can expect and something we can call. Okay. All right. Check this out. Check this out. Okay. So you got all these people in forbearance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Think about that. That's millions, yep. millions, millions. Okay. They need to come current. None of the subservicers in our space have the bandwidth to deal with this. Ooh. I mean, they're not returning calls. They're not returning emails. They're not communicating with home buyers. They're much less not reaching out to home buyers to try to solve this. Right. So you got all you got all that happening. That's one little bucket of shame for our industry to be quite honest, that servicers haven't been able to deal with the, with, 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 with the provisions of the CARES Act effectively, right? Sure. So keep that, that's on the side. Okay. Keep that okay. in the back of your mind. That's, that's happening in the industry. Meanwhile, we're projecting another trillion dollar origination. So, so where's your focus? Where's your business? Are you working right. on purchase lending? Are you working on working out your uh, distressed debt? Are you going to try to refi these borrowers? For the, for the people who have lending and a servicing ticket involved, the, how do they prepare for that? How, sure. how can they build their business when the business that's already associated with them is suffering? So where where do you put where do you put your that's that's what's messy. That's what's messy. So all of this is going to come to a head in six, whenever whenever you ask me when I'll say yeah when. yeah okay. for sure. Whenever the forbearance runs out, it's going to be a, a difficult, difficult time for the industry because it will be an unprecedented issue that we have yet not solved a problem for. Servicers have had nine months to put in place all these disruptive fintechs to somehow solve the problem, but there's been such a money grab. There's been such a lack of qualified people working in our industry and I can't blame them. It's a training issue, Josh. It's, oh, not, no way, yeah. it's not a training issue. You, you, you're bringing over people from here, from there, you're bringing them in and you're like, boom, you're an underwriter. Boom. You're an underwriter. Boom. You're an underwriter now. Right. Give me a break. Give yeah. me a break, you know, and then, and, and you, and you want to promise this great customer service. Look, we're all so focused on grabbing money right now that none of us have a strategy for, organizing our wallets. Ooh, which is kind of that very, very true. And I don't think a lot of us are thinking about it in that aspect is we're just so focused on the here and now we're focused on the business. And even then, like, where do we even focus? Like you mentioned, are we focused on originators as a whole? We don't even know where to focus our efforts and that mid-level management. Nobody has any idea right now. So it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit uh, intriguing to say the least. I don't know if you, even intriguing is the right word, but it's going to get messy quick. It is. It is. So, but so what's, so what's positive? I mean, yeah, let's talk about positive. Let's positive. I mean, these are, these are good problems to have. Sure. All right. Growth. This is not, this is not 2009. Right. You know, we're not, we're not all got our eyes glued to the implodometer. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's, that's good. That's good. But uh, the, the, the issue is, is whether or not the incoming administration will foster uh, this this prime lending spirit that we have, you know, what what will it look like? What will it be like? And judging by his appointments to cabinet, 
The one issue we have is that he will make a stronger CFPB. Uh, there will be a strong regulatory environment, but we know that takes time to put in place. So what I think, what I think needs to happen is things to remain the same. And it looks like they're going to say that. So the Fed Powell was saying that, you know, that the, the zero interest rate policy that is currently in place that is fostering this nice spirit that we have where interest rates are so favorable for lending, that's going to, that's going to be in place for a long, long time. So as long as that's there, and you consider that as like the basis of our operation. So will interest rates go up? Yeah, they'll go up. You know, we talked about this in Rise and Shred. They'll go up, they'll go down, they'll go up, they'll go down. Will they jump, you know, an entire percentage point week on week? No, but it's not going to be anything that's not going to be adjustable. I think the important thing is, is in what I've not, I've seen this at a few places. Now, the, there are a few places, and we'll talk about this soon. There are a few places that are absolutely crushing it. I mean, most people have doubled, tripled, quadrupled their volume in lending and all that. That's fine. But there are a absolutely. couple of shops. Yeah, a couple of shops that have done like 10, 20 times the business. And it's because they laid out a roadmap. They communicated what they needed to do. They had a strategy in place. And those are the like the mid-tier lower lenders did that. The big guys, eh, you know, their, their scalability, it's been more, more of a challenge, but they'll be okay because they're raking it in. So. For sure. Well, this this goes perfectly in, in line with this comment from Michael Kelleher. And Michael, thanks for the comment. Communication, communication, communication. Why do so many lenders say we don't want to over-communicate? Jacob says now is the time to over-communicate, which is true. That goes exactly to what you're talking about is is going back to our, our, our uh, show last week, is communication is absolutely critical right now. And especially times like this, especially that we're in messy situations. If we're not having those conversations, if we're not on kind of an open book, then we are missing out on opportunity. We we just don't know where to even plan for. We don't know what to do in the future. That's why communication is absolutely critical, which again, plays to this next question. Jackson from Jackson Paul on LinkedIn says this. So how do we best train ourselves to get in front of all this, Jacob? What do we do here? What's what's the best way to really get prepared for this? Well, you, you know, I was a professional youth soccer coach for nearly a decade. Um, and I will tell you this, I don't think you can over communicate. I think what really happens is you is, is when things fail, is you're poorly communicating. I know myself, we've had conversations about this, Josh, when when I was, you know, running Housing Wire, there was times where I felt like I was poorly communicating to my reporters and my editors the direction that we needed to go. It happens. So the first thing you do is you admit, all right, you look at your business, things aren't working out. So you run that self-audit in your head. What am I doing? Okay. That's what you have to take a look at like what are you doing you're not communicating effectively and what i mean by that is like you have to have the causality of relationship this is the problem how do we solve it open it up to your team how do we solve it listen to them stop talking for once can you believe that i actually i, I do actually stop talking sometimes josh my, my <laughs> I do. And you have to, you have to really listen and listening. Isn't just sitting there and going, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right. Just the head nod. That's, that's not listening. Listening is when you're thinking about what someone told you 12 hours later, that's what's listening. Mm -hmm. If you're having conversations with your team and you're not thinking about it, when you wake up the next morning, you didn't listen. So if you don't even, if you don't start there, you're not going to be able to finish strong. So that's that's step number one. 
Okay. Let me ask you this. Are are some of these big companies, these big lenders, some of these these fintech companies that we're seeing all kinds of money come into, organizations that are changing, are these big organizations capable of listening? Can can they listen? Are they going to listen to us as the, you know, as the general public within within the industry? Are they going to listen to what what we have to say? Is it is it valuable, I guess? Absolutely not. They will not listen to you at all. The 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 bigger players in the industry are so concerned with maintaining their market share and fighting amongst each other that they're not going to really they're they're not going to pivot at all. They're just mm. going to stay the course that they're on. Uh, what I'm talking about is I'm talking about the rest of us, right? Sure. The people who can make a difference, the people who can make a change every day. You know, um, it's it's not something that needs to happen overnight. But when the industry gets messy in time, people will not return their business to these big companies if they continue to operate like this. So keep that in mind. Good point. That's your strategy. So where are you in six months? Where are you thinking when someone has a rocket mortgage referral and they're sick of call centers, when they're sick of going through the emails, when the servicer won't reach out to them and it's been two weeks? Right. So, I mean, you, 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 it, it's just been crazy. You're talking about someone, someone exits forbearance. You know, they get a call from a servicer. They say, okay, um, they think it's a qualified underwriter, you know, who's going to refi their loan, help them out. It's not. It's some person with a script saying, hey, um, you know, you're coming out of forbearance. Here are your options. You know, they lay it out. Um, I think all of that is just completely completely crazy the inability to reach out to the homeowner and to touch them and then what happens is more and more you have these borrowers exiting forbearance that are not restarting their loan the way they thought and they're getting no communication they're getting no information so now they're going to look to refi out of it because they're so sick of dealing with the servicer they're going to look to refi out of it they're going to plop their information, you know, into lending tree. They're going to plop their information in the same places that they did before. And it's going to come up and they're going to see these other companies. Now, the question is, is, and I asked you, Josh, as originator, how do you get to them? So I'm telling you that there's this huge market of people that want to refi that are unhappy with their current lender servicer agreement because of this whole forbearance thing, because they see how busy they are and they can't get to them. How do they get to them? And content being out, being out, putting yourself out there, getting, get, doing what we're doing right now. That's how mm-hmm. we get to them. That, in my opinion, that's that's what's working. And I see it because I see with the conversations I'm having with those in the trenches in origination. So that's that's where I say. Yeah, I do think that there's market there to get. I do think there's successes uh, that can be had for people who are looking at it in, in the right. More importantly, I think that you know we have to reach. Uh, these homeowners because they 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 need this help, you know. Yeah. Um, I think I think there's a huge and we don't even know yet. I think there's a huge bucket of homeowners that are delinquent and don't even know it. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you why I think that. Okay, so I think that in in order to get people out of the CARES Act, mm-hmm. I think servicers think there's this idea and it's not true. But I think they think this idea of if you're non-current on your loan, you can't go back into forbearance, right? So okay. yeah. they exit you out of forbearance. You think you're going to make a payment automatically, right? It's just going to come out of your account. 
like 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 it always did. That sure. doesn't happen. Hmm. But you've been in forbearance six months, so you don't really notice that that seventh month hasn't really happened, right? Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, you don't even know it if you're not checking your credit score because that's not going to change either. No, of there's course not. absolutely zero indication to the homeowner that they're suddenly delinquent. So the homeowner is going to want to go and go back to the servicer and try to get their attention. They can't give it to them and sure. say like, okay, so, um, you know, I got to, I got to work for a living. So I'll shoot an email to the servicer saying, Hey, uh, you didn't take my payment this month. You know, what gives what okay. the heck? So right. it takes 30 days for the servicer to return an email. Right. I'm, I'm just telling you, this is just happening. This is just happening. Right. It's like, or your sub servicer, especially, you know, Oh, you know, you know, they got a nice tech award and they're supposed to be on top of everything. You know, they got an innovation award. Uh, and so they're on top of everything. You know, oh, 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 you know, you, this is what, what's when you're Googling your servicer, it's coming up that they want a, a FinTech innovator award, you know? So they're all, they're really on top of things according to all these awards that they're getting, which is great. Right. But when you, when you get down to execution so much now, the volumes are so high, so much is falling by the wayside that the homeowners are probably delinquent. They don't even know it. They don't even know it. Right. So they, they go and they go, Oh, okay, well, wait, I got, I got to, I got to make a payment. So they go online to make a payment. And then the service is like, well, you're delinquent. You can't make an online payment. Oh, geez. Oh, okay. So I, I sent an email to the servicer. Okay. I need to, I need to make a payment. And they like call. So I call, you know, the homeowner calls and they get a voicemail message saying, you know, due to high volumes because of the coronavirus, we urge you to go to the website. So you go to the website, make a payment, can't make a payment. So you send an email, it says you call, you call, it tells you to go to a website. Golly. really strange cycle of the servicers that keep that that will keep people and i don't think the servicers even know that this is such an issue with homeowners wow. that homeowner is going to look to refinance they're going to look to oh, go yeah. to a whole another shop they're going to look and that would be the marketing tool would be like look if i if i if i was a broker i'm not you know but if i was a broker i would be like look let me help you get out of this let me let me walk you through how to properly get your finance goals in order. Okay, stop stop That's dealing hard. with these guys. You know, let me talk to you. So that that is that that is what would stop this industry from being messy. It doesn't have to be the broker side. It could be the you know it could be retail LO as well. Yep. It, could be, it could be anywhere. But I think that a lot of the the small to mid tier lenders everybody that that's what they're doing we've seen a lot in the credit union space yeah that has done it because you know you need to be a, a member of the credit union to yep. get it they, they can use that membership that's a great thing you know be a part of something join, join a part of a movement i mean that's what people are going to need there's going to be enough fallout from this servicing debacle um yeah. that there's going to be in addition, and, and let me remind you, Josh, this is in addition to the business that will be coming. 78 million millennials still don't have a home. Holy smokes. Okay. So how's that for business, right? So good business structures, how, how can you capture both of those? That's what everyone needs to be thinking about. How can you do it in a professional and meaningful way? Well, and I think you you really nailed it. And that's what we're going to kind of end on is you have to be more than just an originator. You have to be more than just a loan officer. You have to be somebody who can be a long-term, I don't want to say financial advisor, financial planner, but you have to be somebody who is knowledgeable, who can give them that long-term advice as a mortgage professional. You have to be there. Mm-hmm. Our good friend of the show, Barry Habib, always talks about it is you have to look, you have to be a mortgage advisor, how they can use and leverage their their home and their equity to pay off debts, to do these things that you're referring to. 
So now more than ever, ladies and gentlemen, Jacob literally just dropped some knowledge on you. Again, I talk about content, putting yourself out there, but be that advisor to your clients. Let them show them the options, educate them on what's coming. And again, Jacob just shared with you how to do that. That, that is one technique, Jacob, that I 100% agree. I think going into this new year, as some of these things are starting to come to light, as as consumers are starting to have these, you know, these calls with their with their current servicer, you have a huge opportunity. Everybody listening right now, you have a huge opportunity to capture new business. So, mm-hmm. Jacob, with that, I think that's a great place to end. Anything else you have for this week that we should be looking forward to? You know, sign up for the emails, read the emails. Got a bunch of stuff coming. All the information you need is in those emails. One read, no click throughs. Pretty simple. I say click throughs. We give you the stories right there. You don't have to go anywhere else. Click right below. Dal has posted all the links for Rise and Shred. If you guys don't already subscribe, you need to do it because again, Jacob and our team do such an incredible job bringing you the most important news and the facts that you need to know about our industry. And we do it in a very fun, lighthearted way. So we appreciate everybody joining us this morning. Jacob, as always, we really appreciate your insight, your expertise, and your masterful experience within the industry. So appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. See you next week. Guys, we'll see you next week. As always, we appreciate you. We love you. And now it's time for all of you to go shred. Go show up, hustle, repeat every day. See ya. Have a great week.